Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Welcome back to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. It's great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson, and this is one of those moments where we have to define terms. Uh, often members of Congress are criticized because they have these things called recess. Uh, they have a, an August recess. There's recess during different sessions during the during the year, and the proper term is in-state work period. Uh, and only someone who has been a staffer uh, in the Senate or the House knows what that really means. Uh, to me, it always meant a lot of hard work, in-state work period, traveling around, uh, meeting with the people of the state. And the Senate is currently having an in-state work period. And Utah Senior Senator Mike Lee joins us. Uh, and he's been doing a little bit of work traveling around the state. Thanks for joining us, Senator. Well, thank you, Boyd. Good to be with you. So uh, give us a little update uh, during this in-state work period. Uh, where where have you been in the state of Utah? Who have you been meeting with? Well, right now I'm at a shooting range, at the, at the Lee K uh, shooting range. I just shot an MP5 automatic ri- uh, rifle, and uh, I, I shot it using Simex um, ammunition manufactured right here in Utah by a Utah company called Simex. It's been fantastic. Well, I've been traveling throughout the state. From up north to way down south, I spent some time uh, earlier this week at um, uh, Burbage Lumber Products, uh, a fantastic family-owned business in Kaysville uh, uh, that, that has done amazing work in construction and was also remarkably helpful to people in the immediate aftermath of the September 8th windstorm. Um, traveled down south, uh, met with people in, in Milford, uh, met with people in in um, Beaver, in St. George, in Cedar City, crisscrossing the state, talking about everything from public lands to families to freedom to guns. I think you covered it all, and I'm not going to ask you how you did on the targets uh, on the shooting. We'll save that for a, another segment of the program. Uh, but well, I know with the MP5 automatic weapon, you're shooting into dirt. So, <laughs> I, you know, if the objective was to hit the dirt, I definitely you did it. satisfied that objective. Yes. Well, that is good. Well, I, I know in in many of your your meetings and conversations, you're you're listening, you're you're learning from a lot of these companies and organizations. I know you met earlier in the week uh, with our friends up at Lifetime Products and. Uh, one of the things that I, I think would be interesting is is what you learn from a company like that that's innovated in terms of their their products and their their verticals and what they can do to bring jobs here to Utah or, or how they've dealt with uh, health care costs and what they do for their employees there. What else have you been learning from some of these uh, businesses uh, and people around the state? Yeah, the visit with Lifetime Products was, was very insightful. Uh, they, they've been struggling with a lot of things that um, employers from throughout this, the state and across the country have been dealing with. It's really difficult to get a hold of materials these days. Um, construction and manufacturing inputs are hard to come by, yeah. as is labor. And uh, they, they have uh, struggled but also thrived in, in this state of our economy. But they're fighting every day to make sure that they have the wherewithal to keep their jobs right here in Utah. 
not just in the United States, but in Utah specifically, um, even while they're being undercut by overseas competitors. And um, uh, my hat goes off to them and, and their fine workers up there who make amazing products and are always innovating, doing things the Utah way to make sure they could get ahead and stay relevant and survive as a company. Yeah, I know you've met with a lot of uh, county commissioners and with a lot of our farmers and ranchers. Uh, we've been talking about water and the, the drought uh, fires, all of those things during the course of the week. As you've had an opportunity to meet with some of those, uh, again, the local county commissioners, some of those uh, key farmers and ranchers, uh, what's what's the sense from them in terms of uh, what they need and what's the, what's really the path forward? One of the most consistent themes is that people are facing inflation and they're facing labor shortages because the federal government is competing with them in the sense that it's been paying people to not work. And it's one of the reasons why we're in this odd environment that we've been focusing on in the Joint Economic Committee and uh, that, that uh, we've got a record number of jobs available, but also a record number of people not working. Usually you don't see those two things side by side. So a, lo- a lot of businesses are struggling with that. And um, uh, we see it uh, from agriculture to manufacturing. We see it in almost every aspect of the economy. We uh, had a good chat with uh, some hog farmers. In, in Milford, and uh, also got to see uh, three or four different forms of energy being produced simultaneously. Methane produced from the pig manure, uh, wind and geothermal all produced within the same line of sight uh, in Milford. It was quite amazing, and we got a good visit with the folks at Smithfield Farms. Oh, fantastic. It was you, uh, as you take all of this in, again, during this in-state work period, and uh, the, there is, as you mentioned, kind of that Utah way and Utah model that that more and more people around the country and around the world, for that matter, are looking to uh, as a as a great laboratory of democracy, great free market economy, and of course the work you're doing on the Joint Economic Committee in terms of social capital. Uh, as you prepare to head back to uh, to Washington to deal with things like uh, infrastructure and uh, defining that term, by the way, uh, what are some of the things you're taking back with you to your colleagues uh, in Washington D.C.? We've got a great country, and we've got great workers, we've got great businesses, and great citizens. One of our jobs is to make sure that the government doesn't ruin it, that the government doesn't come in and, in the name of helping people, actually harm the very same people who are uh, supposed to be its beneficiaries and its bosses. Uh, That's a real problem we've got, and it's a consistent theme that I've heard throughout my visits across the state this week. Fantastic. And uh, just one last uh, question for you, Senator. Uh, As you looked at some of the Supreme Court rulings today uh, in terms of uh, voter rights and voter integrity, uh, as well as some uh, transitioning around uh, uh, donor lists and uh, those who contribute to different organizations, nonprofits, as well as political campaigns. What's your sense from uh, where the court went today? What was the message there? You know, I've been in meetings all day and all morning. Uh, I haven't had a chance to review today's rulings. I look forward to doing that. Overall, I would say that the Supreme Court rulings that have been coming out the last few weeks as the court is wrapping up its final stretch um, have been good. I haven't agreed with every word of every opinion, but for the most part, the, the court is continuing to function as the arbiter of, uh, of last resort in our constitutional republic, and they've been doing a good job of it. All right. And uh, final question for you, Senator, before we let you get back to uh, targets there. Uh, 
looking looking at uh, some of the things happening around big tech, you've been uh, participating in different meetings and hearings back there as it relates to big tech, uh, some of the antitrust legislation and so on. Uh, what do you see coming out in the, the next couple of weeks? What's the road ahead look like uh, in those battles? I, I continue to push my bill, the TEAM Act. The TEAM Act would um, strengthen our antitrust laws, strengthen the, our ability to enforce them by, among other things, nearly doubling funding for antitrust enforcement, consolidating enforcement efforts within the Department of Justice so that we don't have a two-headed monster uh, at odds with itself, as we had a few months ago when the FTC and the Department of Justice took opposing positions in front of the same court, the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Ninth Circuit. Uh, It would also streamline the standards uh, and codify what's known as the Consumer Welfare Standard to make sure that our antitrust laws are always there to benefit American families, Uh, hardworking American consumers who find that uh, prices are lower and quality is higher when they have more access to more competition. All right, Senator Mike Lee, uh, Chris Cross in the state of Utah during the in-state work period. We appreciate you stepping aside and uh, joining us here on Inside Sources today. Thank you very much, Boyd. All right, Dan, that's uh, Utah Senator Mike Lee. Again, the in-state work period, uh, both both sides of the aisle get wrapped in terms of what recess is and time off. Uh, there, there really isn't time off, and I don't care if they're Democrats, Republicans, independents, or anything in between. Uh, those who, who take that oath of office do work hard, and their staffs work incredibly hard. And a lot of times it, it is going around uh, traveling to uh, outlying areas, uh, underrepresented areas, people who may not feel like their voices have been heard all the time, uh, and listening. And so that's important for all of our elected officials uh, that they do have that in-state work period portion to uh, to really listen to what's going on in the state and then to be able to take that back and share it uh, with their colleagues back in our nation's capital. And so we'll continue to watch that as uh, all of our members of our congressional delegation have been doing town halls, uh, engaging with the public. That's a chance for we the people to chime in and to make sure our voices are heard. We're going to talk about that a little bit in hour number two. We're going to kick it off uh, right at the top with uh, some more Supreme Court rulings, why those matter to donors, and uh, much more to come in hour number two of Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Stay with us. Much more to come. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.